0: listening to the not dead yet podcast i'm your host john mason brink i'm here with my co-host tim ward tim how you doing buddy john it's friday it's right before halloween it's an
1: unbelievable show we have for everybody so i'm, I'm really excited uh, man
0: <laughs> all right hey we're really excited we have two special guests today we have brian Fensky, director of commercial business uh Navien. Navian's a leader in high-efficiency condensing tankless water heaters, combi boilers, and wall-hung boilers in North America. And we have Eric Silva, owner of Silva Mechanical, West Bloomfield Township, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. If you don't know tankless, Silva knows tankless. How are you guys doing today?
2: Doing great. How are you folks doing? Hey, couldn't be better. It's a beautiful sunny day once again in Texas.
0: Well, we're so glad you guys could jump on. I know, Eric, you are a busy guy. You're always moving around. You got a lot of jobs going on. I don't know how you took an hour today to talk to us, but thanks, Eric, for jumping on. Uh,
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, uh, before we get started, uh, you you two know each other, obviously. How did you guys first meet?
2: Oh, boy, who's going to take this one? You know, I I had a tough time remembering because I think it goes back uh, four or five years ago. I think I officially met Eric at uh, HR show. Uh but prior to that we had some um correlation uh with just some projects and drawings and I, I think uh we kind of met up first on LinkedIn, I would think, because I probably liked one of his posts.
3: Yeah, and I, I think for me, I uh I always frequent the uh the Navian diagrams and uh you know you just happen to scroll down at the bottom and, and recognize the name and somehow, some way via social media started having a little go around with uh with Brian. And it was like, oh, this is the name at the bottom of the drawing. So you know, yeah. from there you kind of private messaged him, and and from there on out, it's just kind of been a uh, an effervescent uh, thorn in the side of a uh, of probably for him. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> Not so much. Not too bad, anyways.
0: <laughs> well, for those that don't know, uh, Eric is a adamant supporter and installer of tankless water heaters. And he is uh, loyal to the Navian brand. So that's kind of how you know, Brian and, um, and Eric met. But, Eric, why Tankless and why Navian?
3: You know, for me, I, I think we started installing Tankless products 16 years ago or so with a lot of non condensing product lines. You know, throughout the, the migration and, and the evolution of Tankless, you know, we would always go back and hear what people's reservations were. Hey, it, it's great when we get hot water, but boy, it takes a long time to get there. You know, for us, for the installation process, it was always going to be signatory to you know the the specific pipe lengths of all these other manufacturers that had, you know, say the Ubing venting or stainless venting. So that that always really dictated how the installation was going to go. When the Navien product line came out, it, it once again it gave us this flexibility hey, PVC venting, built-in circulating pump, built-in buffering tank. It eliminated a lot of external components for us that, hey, added to the installation price, the cost. And once again, everything was here inside that cabinet to go ahead and mitigate everybody's reservations throughout the process. I mean, obviously, you know, with our outreach, support-wise has just been a, a huge facet as well to know that you can reach out through multiple channels to get in touch with somebody at the company Twenty four seven, three sixty five. 7 if really necessary. Ultimately, confidence in the product line, confidence in the company uh, is what really draws you to Navian.
0: Now, Brian, I hear people say Navian. I've said Navian. I hear Eric say Navian. What, what's the correct pronunciation of yeah
2: that comes up and it also depends on where you happen to live. So you can get kind of a slang Navian if you're down here in Texas, but (laughs) the real correct way to say it is consider how, or think about how you say the word navigate, because that's really an acronym where we got it from. So uh, navigate is Navian.
0: Hey, Brian, real quick. What do you think the biggest misconception regarding, regarding tankless water heaters is today?
2: And our, and our biggest uh, problem with getting past, uh, you know, tankless, uh, not working or uh, not being as good as it is, is really the contractor base. The contractor base has been slow to accept it, but that's, that's changing. Really, what, what it's about is, is a lot of people uh, assume that they need to feed the entire house at the same time with hot water. And, you know, of course, while you can do that with a hot water tank, how long is that hot water going to last? Two minutes, maybe? It's really about, you know, water management, it's just different. With tanks, we all understand water management. We know that we can take one or two showers and then we have to wait a half hour or whatever before we can do laundry. Uh, tankless is just spreading out that usage. So we're not too, trying to do everything all at one time, but you can continue to do these different tasks uh, continuously as we deliver endless hot water.
3: You know, seemingly they know what they can get out of their tank like Brian hit on. You know, hey, you could take two showers, but then third person's going to have to wait. And Yeah, I mean modulate up. We don't start out at 199,000 BTUs or whatever the necessary BTU input is and and come down. We start out, hey, you're washing your hands. Maybe you only need 19,000 BTUs. And then we go up from there.
0: Eric, what do you think the biggest contractor misunderstanding regarding tankless? Is it kind of old school way of thinking? Is it just a hesitation of using a new technology? I I think that some of it is
3: the, uh, the technology. I think that the education process as well yeah the misconceptions that we generally find you know with the tankless products are that you know people say hey it's going to get you hot water faster you know it's instant hot water well it's not instant we create hot water when we start establishing flow through one of these units now the contractor is projecting that improperly to the end user so the end user once again feels i guess slighted that they're not getting hot water faster i think that the upfront cost is you know, always gonna be that facet as well, that people kind of get turned off there. And you know, the, the old school mentality, hey, I can put in a fifty-gallon tank or forty-gallon tank for eight hundred to a thousand dollars and go pick it up at my box store, and the tank is gonna be way more. Well, not really. When we start breaking them down price wise, hey, seven to eleven year life expectancy out of a tank, fifteen plus on a tank list, you know, warranty-wise, six-year warranty on your standard tank. 15 years on your heat exchanger for a tankless unit. So, you know, where can we take these discussions? You know, we, we can provide somebody that cost comparison and, and a real life expectancy as well.
0: Hey, Eric, I've seen you on uh, different uh, social media groups. And when the tankless question comes up or a navian question comes up, people always tag you or refer you to uh, answer the question. You do know tankless, but do, do you like, do you, you know, do you like being the go-to guy? I mean. Um.
3: Well, I I think that you know, in lieu of having somebody direct from a company relaying information to folks, you know, it, it's a little bit easier because we can use that looser terminology with the installers because I'm an installer myself. They understand yeah. what I'm saying. I can break stuff down and and like I said, just kind of throw around what our everyday words are and
0: contractors talking to contractors. Right. Yeah. And Brian, I know it's great to have Eric who doesn't work for Navi, and let's just get that out of the way but you know it's great to have him install and stand by your product can you talk about that
2: yeah yeah you know eric is uh is just the epitome of what we like with contractors there's a lot of good contractors out there there's a lot of erics out there basically but we don't necessarily notice them or see them because they're not on social media uh we typically see the ones that uh uh, are either new or or they come in to bash, you know, they, there's a lot of bashing going on. And, and, you know, that's why a lot of manufacturers just don't participate in social media responses anymore, uh, because of this product uh, problem. But uh, having Eric uh, supporting Navian is, you know, it's kind of, I, we consider him to be an ambassador for us. Uh, and, it, and it just works out really well. He also has been helpful in us to understand, you know, where we can make improvements. Uh, we constantly solicit groups of contractors. Uh, in fact, Eric belongs to a, a contractor uh, group uh, that we hosted several times, including California. And, uh, you know, they give us their input uh, to uh, help us understand what we need to do or what direction we need to go in.
1: Talking about the connection that both you have and the length of time you've known each other, let's kind of start at the beginning. Eric, Brian, how did you guys individually get started in your industries?
2: Well, I'll go first. Uh, I kind of was in my uh, mid 20s and uh, needed a career change. And it's kind of interesting. Again, it's all about networking. uh, And I kind of from the Boy Scouts, I contacted a VP of sales that that was in wholesale. So I got into wholesale, immediately moved into uh, branch management. That's where you really understand and learn all the parts and pieces uh, that are involved in plumbing. And so, of course, there's the educational side. You know, I constantly invest in uh, my own education. its it, I call it the 20-minute rule. I spend 20 minutes at a minimum a day uh, reading or learning, uh, looking at manuals, you know, and I did that through my entire career. And then from there, it, it led into uh, working for a mechanical contractor for a while. And I was very successful at that because I knew uh, all the different products and the solutions that were available to solve people's problems. And then I kind of uh, spent a little bit of time in the energy field. And then I i got back into a wholesale, uh, uh, management as a VP for uh, an HVAC uh, uh, corporate manager, uh, which again, uh, got me back into the product side. And it was kind of a, a great time to be in because that's when the uh, fire tube were coming out and, and wall-hung condensing was coming out. So I took a real interest to in that. But most importantly, uh, I was introduced to, to the better tankless products. And that's kind of uh, where I, you know, being a gas-fired appliance, it held my interest uh, and then I, we, I did a total life change with my family and wife and we moved to Texas. Uh, I worked briefly for a, a rep agency, which again, exposed me to a bunch of different products. And then that's when uh, Navian came knocking on my door and said, come work for us. And, you know, and I kind of got in on the ground floor. I think I was about the 16th employee at the time, uh, which now we're at a hundred and close to 180.
1: Eric, what about you?
3: Well, I, uh, I initially got into the industry. I guess I'll back myself up. My grandfather was a union plumber who did uh, 35 years for one company locally. Uh, He got my uncle into the industry. And for myself, I was working part-time at a restaurant and then part-time for a buddy's uncle actually doing home renovations. And when I'd be working at the restaurant, uh, another family member of mine who was a painting contractor would come in and I'd frequently bother him like, hey, getting out of high school soon. You're going to put me to work. He goes, no, nah, you don't want to work for me. You want to go work for Kenny, who was the plumbing contractor. So actually, uh, I think it was my senior year spring break. Rather than go on spring break, I went to work. Day one that you graduated, there I was, uh, you know, doing undergrounds in residential new construction and uh, got into the union a couple of months later. Just kind of kept pushing through from there. So when the, when the industry started slowing down, I had actually went out and gotten my, uh, my mechanical contractor's license for gas piping and venting. I was very much so, like Brian said, very much so into gas-fired appliances. We're doing a lot of pool heaters, a lot of generators, a lot of water heaters. And every time I'd walk in, obviously for a water heater quote, I was frequently going around and here, you know, I can give you four or five different options of what's going to optimize your system. And you could take, uh, you know, take your pick. Everything kind of came full stream. We started getting back into new construction. And then once again, uh, a lot of custom houses. And, you know, unfortunately, Tank just couldn't keep up with what a lot of these houses' demands were. You know, you really started pushing the Navian product line. And, uh, you know, as, as you continue to put them in, you really notice that here, this is a, a facet of what you're offering. But you were so enthusiastic about it, so passionate about it. Why couldn't you make this a hundred percent of your workload? So I think back in 2015, that's when we actually walked away from new construction and general plumbing overall, and fully dove into the Navient product line. And much like Brian once again hit on, I mean, I actually I read through the manuals nightly. So I mean, a lot of plumbing contractors, you know, use their plumbing code book as their bible. I'm actually using the you know, the Navian installation and operation manuals is mine. So that's where, you know, when we really get into these conversations about, you know, product operation, installation and such. Yeah. I mean, it's right there in front of you. So that's, uh, that's where the career is taking you.
1: Well, you're there in Michigan, you're just North of Detroit. That's a big union state. How did being in the union experience, how was that experience and how did it shape you as a a plumber and and growing to where you are today.
3: Yeah, yeah. Union is very strong here uh, in the state. The training I think was great because it really opened your eyes to a number of different facets and a number of different channels to go and and focus for med gas and backflow testing. And you know they they really they prepare you for a great career. For me, I, I was never never too into the the commercial plumbing, which is what our union hall tends to focus on yeah, I mean, the majority of my experience was residential. So, uh, for me, I, I guess you had to walk away because I wanted to focus on that residential aspect and going in and talking to these homeowners and, and yeah, getting people across the finish line.
0: Hey, Eric, didn't you tell me a story that you, <laughs> you almost weren't accepted into the union at first, or am I, am I off on that? Yeah,
3: no, hundred percent. Uh, the first time that I actually applied and got through the application process I remember sitting in a room with a, a couple of business managers and the, uh, the instructor at the school and they actually said that you were uh, too high profile you know didn't uh, didn't see you being
2: a good fit. High profile. That's a great way to call your personality.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say high maintenance, but I
2: I, I can only envision Eric showing up with his gold chains and his Hollywood
1: glasses.
3: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I I came back, you know, six months later and uh, reapplied and and did the exams a second time. And, you know, fortunately, I mean, they they allowed you to come in. and, And like I said, it was a great experience. You know, you did a lot of networking and it's interesting now because, I mean, there's still a lot of guys that you talk to that are involved in the uh, the union hall that will reach out and actually ask you questions about Navian products or refer you um, to installs or service you know, to other people in the industry as well. Um, ironically, actually, I just did a, an installation Wednesday uh, for a gentleman who actually works at one of the big mechanical contractors that I formerly worked for. It's a nice experience. I did an installation for one of my instructor's daughters. You know, not knowing you know who she was, it's really nice to be able to do something like that, and and people be happy with the end product it is you know the most important.
1: Speaking of installations and and getting back on some of your professionalism and just knowledge of the product, how are DIYers, big box store renegades, and those with less experience or those not even licensed challenging you in your profession?
3: I don't know that they're challenging uh, you in the profession, but. Obviously, the internet can be everybody's friend and enemy at the same time. Everybody takes to the internet to go, and, and that's their first line of resources. I think that box stores selling a lot of these appliances opens up the entire industry to a huge liability. I mean, we frequently see power vented water tanks uh, being installed going to you know atmospheric chimneys, uh, which obviously is a no no, or vice versa. I don't think that the the end users or, or the industry has really taken a, a great stance on protecting this because this is safety, you know, it, it's gotta be a safety first, uh, you know, product that, you know, no matter what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think that the box stores are doing us any favors. I mean, they, they seemingly on the contractor end, you know, they dictate what a contractor can do an installation for. And therefore you see, it's reflected in some of these folks' installations because
1: it's very subpar. Brian, how do you see it on your side?
2: As you may know, Navian takes a stance against uh, online sales. We have no authorized online sellers of Navian. Uh, we attempt to stick to the uh, distribution channel and to support our contractors. That doesn't mean uh, they can't find it or access it, get it secondary. Uh, there are people that uh, will buy the Navian product and put it online and sell it. Uh, they typically will end up learning their lesson sooner or later because we don't warranty any of that product to, so they're they're taking on 100% of the liability uh if there's any issues especially if it ends up in the homeowner's hands who attempts to install it uh so you know we we do our best uh but uh, it's it's very difficult to uh, control that channel
0: you know Eric you've told me in the past um and I'm paraphrasing here but it's excelling at my job confident and measured in my everyday approach to the trade and being a, lo- a loyal navian enthusiast who promotes a good product at an affordable price, it's also the dedication to the product line by continuing education, attending intensive training courses. So that maybe ties into Tim's earlier question, but your thoughts on a licensed, uh, continually trained contractor. Can you talk about that?
3: Well, um, you know, here in our state to keep up on your plumbing license, you have uh, a code update course, you know, every three to five years. I know that even Navian, you know, has changed how they're uh, optimizing their NSS or their Navian service specialist list by requiring companies or individuals to come in, you know, every one to three years as well, because you know what the, the product programming changes, there's always a change going on somewhere. um, you know parameters are being added to you know add more features to these units as well so where is it not necessary for somebody to come in and continue to learn uh, and, and continue to add what they're learning into their installations because these products are forever evolving
0: and being a loyal uh, Navian customer does have its benefits uh, eric you got the chance to uh, travel to Korea. I think it was during the um, Winter Olympics, too. Yeah, and uh, see the facility. What, what what's that experience like in the culture over there?
3: It was awesome. I Me, mean, I, I've never actually left the country before to be able to go there. You know, on this fourteen and a half hour one way flight, and and I mean, I was glued to the window of the plane for one. Like,
0: a, a I thought you day. were going to say you were going to like take a lot of Dramamine or something, and go to sleep. But
3: no, I I'm I'm very much. Uh, You know, I'm very much so a a tourist, you know, I I took a lot of pictures and yeah, I mean, just, just really tried to absorb it all. The culture, I mean, is, is fantastic. Everybody's extremely pleasant over there. Uh, Everywhere that we went, I mean, is extremely
0: clean, you know. And I heard, I heard that you uh, crossed over the demarcation line to North Korea, is that right?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they rejected me. Uh, (laughs) Wow. But yeah, I mean, just uh, the entire experience was wild. You know, for me, I mean, being as into the product line as I am, I wish we would have gotten a, a longer uh, opportunity to stay at the factory, you know, but mm-hmm. to, to see how everything's made. And, you know, I kept, uh, you know, poking at a couple of the guys like, hey, I'm going to write my name inside one of these like a pen pal, um, yeah. you know, to see the cabinets being made and the product being assembled and, and seeing that what 98% of the product is made there in house, you know, so mm-hmm. I have full control. If they need to make a rolling change, they're doing it. Everything's fire tested. Everything's water tested. So when we hear guys, you know, come, oh well, I had a problem with this right out of the bet, you know. I mean, you see how stringent they are in testing these. I mean, it's it's not a joke. These are issued worldwide. You get to go to the Olympics as well. And you know, I mean, it took us to that quarterfinal hockey game, and wow, you know, with Jay Young Lee, who's you know, the president of, of Navion over there. I mean, it's just, you know, just a fantastic experience overall. A couple other guys that were there happened to know who you are from social media. You know, one came by and, uh, Brian, it was actually Albert. And he's like, Hey, Hey, Silva. I'm like, Oh my God, he knows my name. <laughs> you know. <It's> like,
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, you're,
3: a, you're. I'm as big of a fan of, of everybody in the company as as you hope that they are me, you know? So,
2: well, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because, uh, we, even like I'll get recognized over there because I've done a couple of videos and I think they all watched the videos. So we are a little bit of a celebrity over there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Eric, you were planning to go to uh, California before COVID. Is that right? Or
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping to, you know, especially with, you know, new products that have come out here in the last couple of years, you know, you, you always like to have a better hands-on experience, um, you know, with every product out there. Yeah. I know that California has a little bit different of a training facility than New Jersey does. So, you know, last time I went to a training, it was in New Jersey, you know, aside from local trainings. Yeah. always like to be a part.
0: And then Brian, you work for, you know, the Korean owned what What's that culture like? Is it any different? Just explain that.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, basically when I joined, uh, it was a startup company in North America uh, and they've always treated me super well and I immediately uh, went over to uh, start working with them on product development, uh, developing our first combi boiler, which really changed the wall-hung industry. I guess the best way to sum it up is they're extremely appreciative, uh, as well as they're unreservedly, uh, they like the Americans and uh, with our past histories together. And Navi is a really big company, but you know, when I go visit... I still have access to the the VPs and the directors and the presidents and, and most importantly uh I've sat across the table many a times with our chairman the overall chairman of of Navian uh worldwide.
0: I don't know if I want to get this into the podcast and it's just a question I had but you know the tankless and maybe Eric you're familiar with it but quiet side and eternal what was it, eternal water heater. Yeah. And those have gone by the wayside now but did Brian did you guys learn anything from from those business models or anything like that
2: that's an interesting question um you know they they certainly uh attempted to uh, do something especially eternal unfortunately uh you know they did have some weak points and um you know they had a immediate impact on the industry uh one of the funniest things i would say is they they could do 18 gallons per minute and and that was such a joke because uh you know first it's not too easy to do 18 gallons a minute through all the uh Fittings and and controls and piping on with three quarter inch, uh, but what they failed to mention usually was is a, was a twenty degree or less rise, you know. But that was their marketing that they picked up a lot of business. And of course the the hybrid, uh, name, but uh, you know, we we as an industry and as manufacturers, you know, it's no secret we buy everybody's product, we tear it apart, we test it. You know, you just know sometimes you just have to be patient and wait. Either and let it run its course. They're either going to correct their issues or they're going to go away.
0: Yeah. And I think Navian's done a good job of, uh, like you said, being patient and and kind of seeing the bigger picture with their tankless and and their boiler units for sure.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and, and if anything, uh, on that note, you know, Navian certainly has had its issues and, and small problems, but uh, we were quick to react and we were quick to fix it and we are quick to improve. In fact, we've got some tremendous new and revised product coming out next year.
0: Eric, did you ever have any experience with those uh, tankless water heaters?
2: Uh, Yeah, both, actually. Yeah. Uh,
3: you know, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, hey, and, you know, problem with Eternal would pop up, and it was, hey, where's the support? There is no support. They all packed up and left. Yeah, pretty much, you know. And, yeah, I mean, we've had some conversation even about a, another product line that's actually being distributed through – same building with
0: one
2: of those companies, so yeah. No, com- no comment from me. They're still around.
0: <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about, but we'll move on
2: here.
0: Yeah, 2020's been, you know, it's fucked up. Let's just put it. Let's just put it that way. How are you guys? I mean, how are you doing, Eric? Are you still keeping busy?
3: Yeah. Oh, I mean, still plugging away. Uh, you know, seven days a week when need be. You know, I I always pride myself on being uh, responsive when somebody calls, uh, emails you. Hey, you know, we have a problem with with a product and, you know, need somebody to stop by. I mean, even last night I stopped off at a woman's house who actually has a a different product line. But she goes, yeah, it keeps making this noise and not giving us hot water. Well, you know, hey, your air intake is shoved into your bush. You know, either the bush grew into the vent or. uh, Wait a minute. What
0: are we talking about here? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, but uh yeah i mean it's it's kind of just been the same old you know pace um a little bit different dynamic obviously you know a lot of folks want you to have the mask and gloves on and yeah it's required by our state as well so yeah i mean it, it adds a little bit different of a variable to your job it adds a little bit to the day but um i think that we're finding that with people being home more they're needing more hot water. We're putting more stress, more strain on their appliances. And, and yeah, you know, they're, they're wanting to go
0: tankless and go so, not again. So, so you're, you're a one man shop, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much busy all the time, but through this, have you been busier or just kind of staying the course here?
3: Uh, I think staying the course, you know, uh, haven't seen any spike, haven't seen any,
2: uh, lulls. So.
0: Okay. And Brian, what about you? How, how's the business going on your end?
2: I hope I'm not getting getting in trouble for uh, saying this, but our business has been fantastic. Twenty twenty has just uh, uh, been great. There's, you know, it's, I think people adjusted. Uh, you know, the best way to f- try to figure it out is is maybe people were home, so they were able to schedule service or schedule replacements and and maybe it's because the restaurants were closed uh, and they didn't foresee it being that long that they put or upgraded new equipment in so we're we're just going gangbusters this year for uh, another increase we Navian has never gone backwards as long as I've been there so it just why continues would, to improve
0: why would you be in trouble for saying that?
2: I'll disclose our success to our competitors, of course, (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: (laughs) because we we know that uh, quite a few of them are doing quite as well as we are. Uh, And we we have our you know, we keep our uh, uh, finger on the on the pulse of that at all times to uh, know where we stand. And it's nice when we continue to grab and maintain uh, market share and all our different product lines. You know, it's kind of amazing. that The whole tankless industry, for instance, was kind of flat from. About 2008 to 2014 or so, give or take, you know, there was a small increase. But this last five years has just been incredible, where it's just growing at 13 to 20%. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me this year that tankless sales uh, will break a million pieces. And uh, that's that's approaching a quarter or 25% of gas residential
0: tanks. Hey, so we'll edit this back. So when I ask you how business going you just go dun dun dun, dun 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 okay so can you repeat that
2: now why would i say that because
0: <laughs> you can't glow in the success of the company
2: well you know t- it took a actually i'm very proud because it, it took uh, a lot of work of all of our team at Navian to get where we are and uh you know, it's been a lot of stuff going on in the background. You heard about our tech, you know, uh, responding and being available. You know, that's a key to our business. Our training is a key to our business. But most importantly, our people are big to our business. I call it the six P's at Navian. Really what made Navian success- successful was our pump, uh, PVC, the product, the people, promotion, you know, uh, all the P's that really put the pieces together why Navian is so successful.
1: Well, John, I was going to ask Brian what what did he attribute all that to, but we just found out, so I, I won't ask that question. But
0: well, what I will ask, the... well, hold on, it's about those relationships, like that uh, bar we went into in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, it? the yes. Longmont or the lo- the <laughs> we won't the cl- put this the, in <laughs> the Claremont
2: <laughs> Hotel.
1: Claremont Hotel, boy, that, that was kind was, of the most bizarre the experience. <laughs> And for those that have been to the Claremont Hotel, you know what we're speaking of.
2: Well, speaking it really of- makes you appreciate all types, right?
1: <laughs> it does. It does. And it might make this question even better. Uh, Eric, Brian, what's
2: your favorite oh shit moment from your career? Oh, boy. Um, I You know what? I really don't have any. And, and typically when I do, I I... I Think about it and I'm concerned about it. And then a week later I can't even remember what it was. You know, it's you know, maybe maybe may at work. I, I remember one at work, and that was I, I think I was working for Navi and I would, might have been there three weeks. And of course, we at that time I was hired as a, a central US manager and South Central Regional Manager, and I had to do a training at a distributor. And of course we had to develop a lot of our own training materials because we were just coming into this. We were sales and training. We were tech. We were phone. We were everything at the time, you know? And uh, I remember uh, there was about 15 or 16 contractors sitting there and I'm just getting ready to start. And our CEO of Navian walks in the door to watch and I had never done a training. I barely knew the product inside and out. And uh, I guess I pulled it off, but that was, Oh shit. When he walked in the door. That's the
1: other P. Pressure. <laughs> pressure.
2: Yeah. I uh, I
3: might have been maybe three months into the trade and my uh, my aunt actually asked me to, to do some work in her house and I was getting a little bit of info from my uncle and come to find out they actually had a fitting that wasn't fully soldered and it happened to be before their water meter. So of course this valve blows off and you get about 8 inches of water in their basement so it was a uh, a good, <laughs>
0: good eye opener,
3: um, but yeah, that's that's probably about the uh, the
0: worst of it. Now, you you talked about pressure, Brian, before. I know you've always been um, receptive to doing videos, when we stop by the booth at trade shows and things. We're very appreciative of that because he's still so eugenic.
2: <laughs> it's the head, but then we have to apply a little extra makeup though.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I remember when we first started uh, Mechanical Hub and Eric and I would go to trade shows and we'd go up to booths and I'll not name the companies, but we'd be like, hey, do you want to shoot a video? And they're like, like, you mean now? And we're like, well, yeah, tell us about the product. And he's like, well, can you come back like in maybe tomorrow and we can shoot like he, he just wasn't prepared. It seemed maybe that's another P word, but he just,
2: That says a lot about uh, people that work for uh, manufacturers that uh, can't speak off the cuff about their product. I mean, yeah. I, I love trade shows and I love talking to people and you wouldn't know it. Otherwise, I'm actually very shy, but uh, I think I come out of my shell when when I'm excited about our product and, uh, and I'm amongst people and, uh, and, and and they ask me a question. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I feel like about anyway, I know and walking around
3: ahR when you get to one of these booths and you ask, start to actually fire away some questions and somebody let me go grab so and so like oh okay and then you fire the same question at them can we get your email and we'll get back to you it's like well what, what yeah. gives? you know I mean how can you sell a product if you don't know about it um, and I'm the same way I mean I actually I went to a training a couple of weeks ago and there was actually a group of contractors from the west side of the state that aren't so well versed in the line and there we are uh you know sitting at the bar and we start talking and you know a couple of guys start gathering around they start hearing the way you talk about it and you know they ask what role yeah. do you play with navian like I, I don't play any role with navian i'm a contractor you know but mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i i thoroughly enjoy talking to people about the product and you know what my experience has been and you know yeah
0: so Eric, I mean, you've been to AHR and different trade shows, the Hack Show. I mean, do you do you miss the travel? Do you miss the, the in-person trade show? Yeah, well, of course. Cause I mean, like that the person to person connection, I mean, is
3: is, you know, unreal. You know, I mean, obviously, I mean, uh, myself, uh you, Tim, you know, obviously just met just this last uh AHR. But I mean, you've made so many great connections, but you know, the the person to person contact is what solidifies everything? I mean, anybody can be a voice over a phone and and not know who they are. And I'll use the same experience. You know, when I went to New Jersey for the first time, and, and you walk in that door, and it's oh hey, you know, I'm Travis. I'm like oh my god, I talk to you all the time. Hey, I'm yeah. oh my god, you know, like I'm yeah. I'm the biggest fan of the guys at tech support, and to meet them firsthand is you know it's it's great, you know. But yeah, trade show wise, it, it's the same thing. Put your best foot forward to you know, talk to the guys about the product and, and what it can do and what their expectancy should be.
0: Can we just do a virtual hug right now? Oh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Brian, are you, are you missing the trade shows?
2: Oh God. Yes. Uh, it's, um, it, you know, I've been, my last trip was Colorado in uh, March and I haven't, uh, really been anywhere since except a couple short uh, road trips by car. You know, it, it's, it's missing, it's missing the people that you see and missing the people that you work with. And uh, most importantly, uh, all the nice dinners and alcohol uh, that we consume. (laughs) But and, 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 you know, you would think that uh, staying home, I'd uh, be saving money, but no, it's uh, I have to go to the liquor store uh, (laughs) at least three times a week to get my weekly supply. Are you still on
0: the, Are you still riding the hog, or what? What's going yeah, on? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So I've got two pastimes now. Uh, I got my Harley. I got the full dresser, the the uh, the Ultra Limited, and uh, in fact, I did about three hundred fifty miles last weekend. Wow. But uh, I just invested, and my wife and I we got e-bikes, so taking that electric bike out uh, is a blast. And, oh my uh, god! She, I got, I I kind of did some uh, backside computer changes, and uh, I got it up to about thirty miles an hour just on throttle, which is a blast. Wow. Yeah, so you got a choice. You can pedal or you can do what they call pedal assist and I can adjust the percentage of assistance or you can just go full throttle. And and the nice thing is is you can be pedaling along and hit a hill or decide to ride on the lawn because we we have a lot of bayous here. So you're riding on gravel or lawn and that's not so fun uh, with pedaling, but you give it a little bit of a throttle assistance and you just can go a long ways.
0: I want your wife to video you going 35 and you trying to pedal at the same time. I want to see what that looks like.
2: I, it, it's actually very hard to pedal above 30 miles an hour. <laughs> I, I, I would
0: imagine. I did
2: it. I did it about, uh, I think I got it up to about 32 miles an hour. And, and, and after that, I'm going to, it's only got seven speeds and I'm going to either have to change the gear teeth or, uh, just be happy with it.
0: Yeah. Hey, Eric, and I, I see you, um, on social media, you're a big dog enthusiast, uh, you know, tell me about that and tell me about some of the stuff that you like to do in your spare time.
3: Oh, for me, I mean, I, uh, you know, yeah, I'm a big dog lover. You know, unfortunately I, my pooch Bella passed away last November, which she was a, a huge part of my life. And
0: I'm um, oh, sorry to hear that.
3: Yeah. I mean, she was in a, uh, in a wheelchair of sorts for, for almost five years, but to see, you know, her spirit, you know, it, I mean, nothing held her down. So, you know, for me, yeah you, know, you see something like that, and that you know hey you have a little bit of adversity, and it didn't bring her down it it didn't end the way she lived, so that's that was kind of inspiring to me, but I'm also a big hockey junkie, you know, I skate three nights a week still um, do you really yeah, oh yeah,, Dang. Uh, yeah, so you know obviously it keeps you active, you know, get some good locker room talk, and
0: I think out of all the sports that's got to be the most high endurance isn't it yeah and i you know
3: what i think that it helps with even with the workload you know with uh with having to do you know stairs you know so many times a day and you know in and out and up and down but yeah i mean it's it's great just
0: overall i
2: don't know if you ever seen eric he's uh he's like he's a stick i don't think there's
0: anybody skinnier (laughs) than him (laughs) he is pretty in shape man yeah
2: yeah. Me not so much. Uh, the, the snack closet is way too close, and <laughs> now, and with Halloween coming up, uh, I decided to go all out and, and hand out full size candy. And uh, it's only five steps away from me, so it's pretty hard to resist.
3: Oh, there you go.
0: Well, my wife learned long ago you don't put the Halloween candy in our house. She hides it like in the garage, so I don't, I don't find it. So,
2: but uh, hey, speaking speaking of dogs, I, I that's the upside to being home. I. I lost my Chesapeake uh, about five years ago, and uh, not being home uh, to train it, and I'm certainly not going to board it all the time. I uh, we we were able to get a dog, so he's uh, about four and a half months, another Chesapeake Bay Retriever. He's uh, growing fast; he's up to fifty fifty five pounds already. And uh, that's the nice thing about being home is is being able to start over with a puppy.
1: Brian, do you hunt, or do you just like dogs that tear up the house?
2: So it's funny you ask, Uh, I have not hunted since I, you know, I used to live in New York state and uh, I was an avid bird and field and and deer hunter. I have not hunted since I moved to Texas. It's just a different world down here. It is. Uh, You know, as far as land leases and everything goes, when we left uh, New York, I lost access to, I had to sell my boat and all that. So I hadn't fished either. So fortunately for the uh, first time a week ago, I fished for the first time in 13 years. And, uh, and now with my new e-bike, I got my collapsible pole and my my gear ready, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to fish for alligators. That is, but
0: hey, Eric, real quick, how long have you been in business for yourself?
3: Uh now it'd be uh, what? It's got to be eleven or twelve years now.
0: And what was the decision to make that jump? Just you were ready, or you just saw an opportunity, or saw well, a niche?
3: In Necessity, more or less. You know, uh, you know. Unfortunately, it it was in the the heart of. Uh, the recession, and nobody was hiring. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, you had the need to put food on the table. So you use your skills and, and went out and got it done. You know, my my mom's mantra was always, you know, sometimes you just got to drop the shoulder and go through it. And,
1: and that's what you did. So It's uh, kind of the attitude that I keep today. Brian and Eric, when was the last time you said, today is a great day?
2: Uh, 20 something years ago for me. Um, I, it, it was actually uh part of the script that I required our guys in the wholesale to answer the phones with more. So recently we uh, kind of say, uh, live in the dream, which is kind of half joking, but, uh, yeah, I haven't said that term or that those words in a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you gotta be riding the, the, the motorcycle or <laughs> hanging out with the, I mean, that's all great, man. Oh I yeah. I'm, I'm feeling say- yeah. I always oh. say I want to be Brian Fensky for one day. I'm, I'd be living <laughs> no,
2: no doubt. I'm feeling it. I just have no one to say it to.
1: You said yeah. 27 years ago and I th- I thought maybe you were going to an anniversary date or something.
0: What about you, Eric?
3: Uh, for me, I, you know, I, I try to say it to myself, you know, almost every day because, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, we're, we're living in such a unique time that it's, you know, you got to appreciate the the little things that you have. So. So yeah, I mean, you try to use that kind of infectious attitude because yeah, every day isn't uh, isn't guaranteed.
2: So Eric, you got a plug in there for what? Three of our people so far. Did what did they pay you? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yet. One day you guys
3: will have a job for me. One day.
2: <laughs> we can't take you off the street. You're you're just our, our ambassador. Who would we replace you with?
3: Yeah, hey, hey, well that's. I feel like we can go out and start cultivating people, you know, that's that's what happened. You, happen. you know, and, and for me and I, I know we didn't really get into it, but you know, even back when you really started diving into the whole tankless thing, you know, obviously you saw what Aaron Bond was doing out of Toronto and uh AcuServe and and obviously Eric Aune and and Terrence, you know, out of uh Vancouver, B C and you see the whole movement just continues to grow. Um, I know like the, the relationship with Fortis out there in, in British Columbia right now has been great. And you're starting to see billboards out like when we were leaving uh, ahr HR in, in Orlando, there yeah. was on the side of the expressway and you hear the radio ad. So I know with, with my relationship with everybody at marketing, my concern has always been, how do we close the gap from that? Knowing the Navi and product line to the end user, because mm-hmm. that's ultimately what keeps the whole, us pushing that boulder up the hill.
0: Well, thanks, guys, for joining the show this morning. We really appreciate you jumping on, Brian and Eric. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, it's been great. If, <laughs> yeah, if you guys are on the gram, uh, Eric Silva can be reached. Uh, check him out at Silva underscore Mechanical. And the same for Navian. It's Navian underscore Tankless. Check him out. Thank you, guys, and have a great day.
2: Thanks, thank you, you guys. Too, guys. Thanks, John and Tim. See you, Eric, at the next one. Now you got it.
0: The Not Dead Yet podcast is powered by Mechanical Hub Media and produced by John Masonbrink and Tim Ward. It is edited by John Masonbrink, music presented by Jason Drum, and graphics furnished by Wayne Rowe. Thanks for listening. And until next week...